0: Eight tonight. Matthew chapter 8 verses 14 through 17, our Sunday night series through Gospel of Matthew. Mother-in-laws have been the brunt of a lot of jokes. I try to be careful not to tell mother-in-law jokes, okay? I have a wonderful mother-in-law. She sends me, about every time she comes, a little bag of peanuts or a jar of peanuts or, I mean, what's not to like, you know, and then uh, I think the last time I stopped, yes, dear? Telling Telling me I'm nuts. (laughs) You know, I could, I could retort with that, dear nuts for marrying her daughter, but I won't do that. because I think it was a wonderful decision. I'm so grateful that they let me do that. Anyway, mother-in-law jokes. I have a great mother-in-law. Apparently, Peter had a great mother-in-law as well. And Peter's mother-in-law became ill, and she was healed instantly. Jesus then, in our story, healed all kinds of people of all sorts of ailments. And the healing that Jesus did here, Matthew Shows proves that he was the promised Messiah. Matthew, of course, is is writing this book, it seems, primarily with a Jewish audience in mind. And you'll see over and over in this book where Matthew refers to the Old Testament. And we see that again in verse 17, that it might be fulfilled. You'll see that phrase in this book over and over again. He's trying to show the Jewish audience. See? See this Jesus? He really is the one. Look at at what he fulfilled here. Look what he fulfilled there. He is the Messiah. And so, we'll look at this tonight. The miracles of Jesus prove that he is the promised Messiah. A couple of thoughts. Jesus takes us from suffering to serving, verses 14 and 15. And when Jesus was come into into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and ministered unto them. Now, Mark and Luke also uh, have a parallel passage. go to Mark chapter one. And Mark gives us a few more details here. Mark one, verse 21, they went into Capernaum. And straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. Verse 22, they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority, not as the scribes. You see a similar phrase at the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew. Now here in Mark chapter 1. Verse 23, there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone, interesting, talking about demons this morning, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. They're all amazed, insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commandeth even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad through all the region round about Galilee. And forthwith or right away they were when they were come out of the synagogue they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon or after the while they They tell him of her. So here he is. It's on the Sabbath day. They've been to the synagogue that morning, probably. Jesus has healed this demon-possessed man at the synagogue, and it seems um, Peter's mother-in-law wasn't there. Sometimes more just the men went to the synagogue. Uh, Maybe she was going to make lunch. I remember the Sunday afternoon Lunches. My mother and my grandmother for a lot of my growing up years. Uh, my grandmother just lived across the yard in a trailer house there, and uh, my mother and her would would work together and put on a fabulous Sunday afternoon lunch. Um, I won't go into too many details. I'll make myself hungry. All right, but I can imagine Peter's mother-in-law here probably was going to do something something like that. But the problem is she's sick. And so here's Peter and goes into the house and his wife's mother is, is sick. Now, it's interesting just kind of, by the way, uh, Peter is supposedly by a major religion headquartered in Rome, the first pope. And uh, apparently he was married right so I'll just throw that out there for you to think about anyway his wife's mother was suffering um, having medical people in the audience when Jesus was coming to Peter's house he saw his wife's mother lay that word laid there the Greek word literally means to throw and it it's it, it's quite vigorous here and the word for, Fever, they're sick of a fever, literally means, according to Strong's, to be on fire, okay? She's hot. This is not your garden variety 99 degree temperature here, okay? She's got a very nasty high fever, and it's so hot, and it probably hit her so quickly and so violently, she had to get to bed quick, okay? She's literally thrown in bed by a high fever, all right? And she can't function. She is wiped out sick here. Fevers sap your strength, don't they? You get a hot one. You get headaches. Um, You know, you get the chills. You start to hallucinate, some interesting experiences with with our children when they start getting a high fever and, uh, you know, interesting things are seen and uh, you can get dizzy and a whole lot of other symptoms here. And here's this lady, she's in bed and she is sick. So I thought about this, you know, before salvation, we were sick with sin weren't we we're under sin's penalty we're suffering from sin sometimes we don't even realize that we're suffering from sin and it results in wrong thoughts and wrong actions and rebellion against God and ultimately headed for the wrong destiny here suffering from sin but then notice Jesus touched her hand Luke chapter 4 verse 39 says Jesus rebuked her fever. I find it interesting, Jesus went up and touched her. Just think of the whole COVID-19 situation. I don't mean to mock it. I, I believe it is a serious disease. But uh, you know, don't touch. Stay away. And all these things. Jesus just and Jesus knew about bacteria and viruses before anybody else did, didn't he? Okay. He went up and he touched her. We talked about here a couple of weeks ago how he went up and touched a leper. You didn't touch lepers. But he went up and he, he touched her hand. He rebuked her fever, and the fever leaves. And what does she do? She pops out of bed, and she gets up, and she starts cur- uh, serving. In my mind, that means she got up, and she started cooking lunch, all right? Maybe they had fish. I don't know. Peter was a fisherman. She started frying fish. Uh, I guess they didn't have potatoes in that part of the world then. They're kind of a native of South America, Peru. Uh, so exactly what she cooked up here, I'm not sure. But she started serving. Now we've got, you know, we, 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 we all have probably had a fever before. And you realize the fever goes away and it kind of goes away gradually. And if it's a serious one, which the text seems to describe that this lady had, you don't just pop out of bed and go back to work, do you? You're, you're recovering for a few days. You're just wiped out weak for a few days and, and tired, depending on, on the severity. But it takes some time, and usually at least one good night's rest to, to have some strength to, to get going here. But, but what does she do? She pops out of bed and she starts cooking lunch, all right? When Jesus healed, it was a complete healing. It wasn't just taking away the disease, it's restoring you back to full strength and full health immediately. Okay? And there she is. This woman is instantly better think what a great illustration of salvation. When we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior, when we turn from our sins and put our faith and trust in what he did on the cross for us, we are instantly saved, aren't we? Okay, We're not halfway there. We're not left with a little bit to work out on our own. No, we're totally and completely saved. Now we understand a new believer is likely going to have i mean there is going to be some growth there might be some addictions and some besetting sins and some things like that but they are totally and completely saved aren't they at the moment of salvation and so we see here that Jesus Christ is God and he has the power of God over disease he just commands it makes kind of wonder how does that work do all the little bacteria or viruses in your system just instantly die I mean, I don't know, but God knows what he's doing. The God who designed our body knows how to fix our body, okay? And he did that. Jesus takes us from suffering to serving. Then on in the next couple of verses here, verses 16 and 17, Jesus fulfills prophecy. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirit, with his word and healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses and so here it is it's sunset on the sea of Galilee makes me wonder what did that look like okay I'll bet it was beautiful uh, someday I'll get to uh to Israel if not in this life I'll get there and the in the millennial kingdom I'll be there and we'll get to, we'll all get to be there then and and we'll see the sunset over the Sea of Galilee what a sight that's going to be there's just something about the sun setting on the lake as a as the rays of the sun you know dip down and you see that reflection and it's the even the evening uh, and this of course is the end of the Sabbath the way, uh, Jews reckon one day and the next. This would, the eve, evening here in the Sabbath, that would be getting us into the next day, which means that the Jews uh, could feel comfortable working. And likely, after what happened in the, in the synagogue that morning, as well as other things, and maybe word had spread of Peter's mother-in-law healing, people thought, oh, wow, Grandma's not doing so well. My son here has this problem or that problem. And I'm sure, Cynthia, you can relate to this, how when people hear there's medical help somewhere, the word spreads, and you can imagine what it was like there in that community. And people start gathering up all their sick, and they make their plans, and they're watching the sun because they don't want to work on the Sabbath day. And as soon as that sun gets to the point where the Jews declared it was the next day, They start heading for Peter's Peter's house there, where his his mother-in-law lived. And so, and of course, Jesus knew it was going to happen. He was expecting it. He was ready for it. And so there's people all over. And so Jesus heals here, fulfilling prophecy There's healing at his first coming. Just think about his first coming here because this was his first coming. Different categories are mentioned here. When the even was come, they brought unto him many. Okay, this isn't just a couple. There's many. Many that were possessed with devils. We talked about that in Sunday school a bit this morning. Here are people uh, dwelt by these uh, evil, unclean spirits. People aren't normally tormented by these unclean spirits. Often they're the cause of physical problems. Flip over to Matthew 12, 22. I might have referred to this verse in Sunday school this morning. Matthew 12, 22. Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, or dumb meaning mute, can't speak, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. Now, as I read this, I I get the idea that it was the demon who was keeping this man uh, blind and unable to speak. And so whatever these demons were doing, Jesus just cast them out by his word. He says, leave. And they leave. Okay, We don't have that kind of power on our own. Jesus did. This shows that he is God. He alone is God, and He has the authority. Uh, think of Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. We often think there the Great Commission. All power is given unto me. The, the Greek word for power there is not the word for power that we would think of, like, you know, strength to lift big things, but it's the word authority. It indicates, you know, strength as well. But it's authority. All authority is given unto me. Those and I had written this twilight before your testimony, okay? Those in the charismatic movement talk about the authority of the believer. Well, hold on a minute here now, okay? Uh, who has the authority? Jesus Christ has the authority. Now, we are God's children, and as his children, we can bring our requests to him, and he is always anxious to hear our prayers because he loves us and he cares about us, okay? But that's our basis for prayer. It's our basis on our relationship to him. It's not any authority that we have in and of ourselves. It's because we're the children of God. And he answers the prayers of his children. Sicknesses are healed there. Uh, He cast out spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. All that were sick. No case was too hard. He just healed you contrast that with modern faith healers. If that was going to be going on there, the disciples would have showed up there quite a while ahead of time, maybe a month. They would have rented out a big stadium there, found the biggest stadium in Capernaum, and rented that out. They would have put up posters all over town, ads in the newspaper. Of course, now it would be all over the Internet, Facebook, whatever. Invite all your friends. And... And then the cases would have been carefully screened, of course, so nothing too hard or too difficult, just mainly psychosomatic-type diseases would be, would be brought there, and the crowds would, would come there, and uh, they would be all psychologically warmed up with some uh, great speeches and some uh, quote-unquote praise music. They'd take an offering for the faith healer, And then, uh, you know, they'd have the big show and some people would be healed, supposedly. Uh, Some would pretend they were healed just because they didn't want to be embarrassed. And uh, those who weren't healed would have been told they didn't have enough faith. And it was their fault. That's not what Jesus did, is it? He didn't do that. Okay, They came to him. He didn't make a big show out of it. He just healed them he just spoke the word and they were healed and we see here that the the power of God just to to speak the word and quietly and humbly heal people we say why doesn't God heal everybody today first Corinthians chapter 15 verse 22 is the short answer to this question. 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty two It says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. All right. How many die in Adam? All. All die. Um, God does not heal us of all diseases, or we would live forever. I mean, if faith was the factor in whether we got healed or not, then those with lots of faith would be 500 years old. I don't know, okay? But Adam and Eve sinned, (laughs) and sin and death was passed on to to all of us. Sin brings death. Now, Jesus is going to heal all someday, isn't he? (laughs) Talked about this at the funeral yesterday with Leona. Um, when we get our new glorified body, there is going to be complete healing. And it's going to be a whole lot better than being in our this this mortal body. Our new glorified body is going to be, I was thinking ten times better, a thousand times, whatever. It's going to be so much better, okay? Be in the very presence of God forever. There is going to be healing, and and we do understand as well that I believe that sometimes God still today miraculously heals people today, all right? It isn't done in a show-off way. I think it's done with humble prayers of, of, of God's people praying for somebody, and God can do that yet today. Sin brings death. Sicknesses were healed here. So what else did... Jesus do in his first coming? Well, he provided a sacrifice for sin. Verse uh, 17, that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. When Jesus went to the cross, he provided a, a, a effective sacrifice for sins. Matthew here is actually quoting Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4, Isaiah 53, a familiar passage speaking of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Matthew is telling the Jewish reader, hey, look here, Jesus is your Messiah. Here's another Old Testament prophecy that he fulfilled. You need to believe in him. And his healing power proves, his person proves that he is the Messiah. Jesus literally fulfilled prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. And so he's showing he is God. And if Jesus fulfilled all these prophecies of his first coming literally, what should we expect about the remaining prophecies about his second coming? They're going to be literally fulfilled as well, aren't they? just kind of quickly here as we as we sum up there's going to be some prophecies fulfilled at the rapture which could happen yet tonight uh, we we don't know when 1 Corinthians 15:52 going to be a bit in first and second Corinthians here tonight as we finish up I love 1 Corinthians 15 resurrection chapter 1 Corinthians 15, 52, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump for the dead, or for the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So at the rapture, the dead will be raised incorruptible. Those who are alive will be changed. We're going to both both get the same kind of a glorified body, an instant change, just like that. At the at the rapture, the, the Bible says it's going to happen. Is it going to happen? Yes, it will. There's going to be rewards. Thinking of the judgment seat of Christ, Second Corinthians chapter five, verse ten. 2 Corinthians five, ten for he must all appear before the judgment seat of christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done whether it be good or bad and first corinthians chapter three talks about the judgment seat of christ as well in various places in the new testament speak about uh, crowns that believers can can win as rewards and so what is yet to be fulfilled there's the resurrection the rapture there's rewards and there's the reign of Christ back in 1 Corinthians 15. Start with verse 23. I'll start with verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead, and become the first fruits of them that slept. For as in for since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order. Christ the first fruits afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all authority, all rule and authority and power, for he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. I like that word there, he must reign. It is going to happen, which tells me as Paul wrote this, he's realizing it's not happening yet. Now, when I say Christ isn't reigning yet, I don't mean to say that God is not in control of the world, okay? God is sovereignly in control of the world. God is reigning over the world. But I believe that Paul here is speaking specifically of the millennial kingdom of Christ, okay? And that is going to, he must reign, Paul says, and he's going to. He's going to rule and reign with the rod of, authority here on this earth and so the miracles of jesus prove that he is the promised messiah jesus healed peter's mother-in-law instantly he cast out demons he healed every disease that came to him no case was too hard and this fulfilled isaiah's prophecy so can we trust jesus christ with our lives i hope that you can say yep Yep, I can trust him with my life. Look back at my own life; I can say yes. I found Jesus Christ to be totally trustworthy, and so let's go out there and let's serve Him this week. Let's not say, oh, "I don't know, Lord. This situation looks too hard." no You're calling me to do it, but I don't know. We need to be people who say, "Yes, Lord." We'll do it, we'll follow you, we'll obey you. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for these examples from your word of our dear Savior and his power and his authority. Father, we thank you that he did go to the cross. He did provide a perfect sacrifice for sins. We thank you, Father, that there's yet to be fulfilled wonderful prophecies of the rapture, the resurrection, of the glorification of our bodies and our time with you in heaven of the millennial reign of Christ. We thank you, Father, for this. May we be faithful to you this week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.